This is Bree. This is Fatina. And you're listening to Stranger Danger, a true crime podcast. Welcome back. Okay. 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 All right. Yeah. <laughs> I got my mom to listen to our podcast. No! Yeah. <laughs> Sue, I'm so sorry. I was like, I... I'm just going to warn you, there's a lot of foul language. And she was like, okay. Oh, no. I'm so embarrassed right now. Don't be embarrassed. embarrassed. She loved it. And it was last week's episode when we got the intros all fucked up. Oh, my gosh. And she was laughing. She thought it was hilarious. I'm so sorry. No, don't be sorry. She loved it. My mom has I'm I'm sorry for future stuff. (laughs) Sorry in advance. No, you know, it was perfect, though, because at the end of the last episode, I talked about my dad's band being Uncle... Oh, that's right. Uncle, uh, Mr. Big Pants and Mr. Uncle Big Dad. Pants, that's right. And she was just cracking up. That's it was, hilarious. It was really, really funny. Is but Grandma, Grandma going to listen, too? I mean, maybe. I'm sorry, Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> I think we did apologize yes. to her over something yeah, okay. in the last episode. Too. Oh my god, I am so embarrassed right now. I don't know why. I like I can't even look at you. I don't know what it is about parents. Maybe it was just the way I was raised. Like Kim too. Like I cannot wrap my head around her hearing me cuss on here. Oh, that's because so I funny. Do not cuss around them. Yeah, it's. It, <laughs> I I didn't with my parents when I was younger, obviously. Yeah. But like now that I'm an adult, like my mom says, "fuck," like a sailor, a sailor. <laughs> and it's so funny. This little like hundred and eight pound yeah. woman just being like, "Oh, I just you should cut me off in line at Fred Meyer, and I just wanted to tell her to fuck off." Oh Jesus. You know? <laughs> It's so cute. Don't cross Sue at Fred Meyer. Oh, man, Gosh. no. Especially not if there's a deal going on. Nope. <laughs> Get out of that lady's way. It's so funny. She's on a mission. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, I'm glad you're listening now. Yeah. Thank you. Everyone go invite their mom. <laughs> and grandma. Let's just the bring them in. Moms and murder lovers. Say, <laughs> so, hey, mom, here's what I've been listening to. And I want you to listen. To, their moms listen to it. <laughs> Why yeah, can't you? Exactly. <laughs> Why did you tell my best friend? I was like, just so, just so you know, if you listen to the podcast in the car with the girls, she's got yep. three girls between oh, like right. seven and two. And she's like, ah, oh, it's no it's no words that they're they gonna, don't hear every day like, at home anyway. They're going to be like, Auntie Brie says fuck. So yeah, like, exactly. I don't know why I just made them sound like gremlins. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, my goodness. No, okay. it's hilarious. But yeah, so it was cute though. She she really liked it. She enjoyed. It. She was invested in the Plato oh, case. Oh, good. invested That's a case. Oh man, That's... I almost looked up another incest case today, and I was like, for today's case, and I was like, I I'm gonna take a break before I look up another one. It's it it's emotionally draining. Yeah. Like once, especially like how we did like a little bit of a deeper dive or you did yeah. into what was it gsa yeah. i was talking to some co-workers about it today and just how we you know kind of dove deeper into that and it really kind of messes with your, your mind psyche. yeah yeah it's like but for today are you doing incest i'm not oh, okay. doing incest 
Surprise! Surprise! No, I'm not doing an incest case. This is just kind of your standard run-of-the-mill... Uh, your regular murder. regular murder. Yeah, regular Tuesday murder. Yeah. Um, I've got another Christmas-themed case for you guys. I had looked up so many different cases around Christmas, and this one still kind of stuck out to me, so I decided, what the heck, I'll go with it. Uh, you all will be hearing this the Monday after Christmas, yep. so if you celebrated, Merry Christmas. New Year's is right around the corner, and 2023. New oh my year, gosh. New you. New you, maybe new us. That's true. Um, cool. Yeah. I, what case are you doing? So this is the case of Trisha McCauley. Does, I mean, it does not ring any bells. There's millions. I, I'm so bad at names, too. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, this is uh, Trisha McCauley. So just to start off with Trisha, she was born on February 25th, 1970, across the pond over in, hopefully I pronounce this correctly, West Suffolk, England? Suffolk? Maybe? S-U-F-F-O-L-K. Yeah. So over over in England. Let us know how it's pronounced correctly. Yeah, please. Because I, you know, just... I think I've heard Suffolk. Mm-hmm. But it could be Suffolk to us Americans because yeah. we like to butcher names. Exactly. <laughs> the way my tongue wants to form the words. We can go to Suffolk, another state but... here in mess up cities. So <laughs> leave it to us. Happens every damn day. Yep. And Trisha ended up coming over to America where she graduated from American University that was in Wa- in Washington, D.C. in 19. 19- 90, I almost said 1922, yep. in 1992, and she graduated with a degree in theater. Oh, so cool. Trisha really did use that degree to her advantage that ended up being her career. She was an actress, not really in any major movies or anything like that, but she did a lot of commercial work, voiceovers. I hadn't ever heard of these first couple movies, but she starred in a movie called Never Dream the, the Beginning, another movie called The Paper Girl, and then probably the most well-known movie that she was a part of is she was Jenna Dewan's dance double in the movie Step Up That's with cool. her and Channing Tatum. Love, 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 love that movie. Yeah. Not if only that, but to have that job, it would be pretty awesome. So cool. Yeah. You're if, like, that's me. That's yeah. me. That's me again. Exactly. <laughs> If your heart doesn't throb just every time you see Channing Tatum in that, that movie, too. oh my mm-hmm. gosh, Whew, what a dreamboat! I love this lady. She was, she just seemed like such a cool chick. She was a yoga instructor on top of being an actress, and she was really into herbalism. So she was like a licensed nutritionist. Ooh. She was really into you know, gardening and. All of that stuff and eating like really natural. Hippie. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, I want to hang out with this lady. And she often fed neighborhood kids veggies from her garden. Oh. Which is so cute. A lot of her friends and family, these were just some really sweet quotes. One of them says, She is one of the kindest and most gentle people that I know. And another one said that she is an amazing source of life. Oh. And she really did seem like that. And this this woman was beautiful. I mean, you played Jenna Dewan's right. dance double. So yeah. <laughs> she was definitely a looker for sure. 
So this case takes place on Christmas Day, December 25th, 2016 in Washington, D.C. So she went to school at American University in Washington, D.C. and ended up staying and living there. At this time, Trisha is 46 years old and she's getting ready to leave her place for a Christmas party with some friends and she's leaving her house around 5.30 at night. Okay. She had made a pie for the party and she had also made her signature Brussels sprouts, which again, I'm like, <laughs> this oh, is you? I know, like literally, <laughs> like oh, woman after my own heart, love, love, love Brussels sprouts. So she's leaving with her dishes. She's getting into her car. And as she's headed to her car, she crosses paths with a man by the name of Adrian Duane Johnson. I I don't know why there were so many mixed reports on this man's age. One said 27, but a lot more said he was like 30 years old. Oh, that's a bit of a difference. I, I felt like it was a pretty... Big gap. Big gap. Three yeah. years to not pinpoint someone's age. But Johnson's around 30 years old. And so they cross paths, and Trisha's getting into her car, and at this point, Johnson attacks her and pulls her into her oh, car. Oh, shit. Straight out. Like, just straight out. Okay. And he brutally beats and rapes her before strangling her with her scarf. Whoa. That escalated really quickly. Super fast, and not at, like, a very late time no. at night. And That's I've never early. been to Washington, D.C., but I would imagine population-wise, still probably... Not big, not huge. Not huge. And it's Christmas, so who knows how quiet the streets were right. that night. Because it's Christmas Day, and I mean, it's 5.30, and this time of year it gets dark really early. So. Exactly. Okay. So, unfortunately, kind of an opportune time for you know him to commit this crime... He then, so after he beats, rapes, and strangles her, he then takes her car and he proceeds to drive around the city with her body in the back seat. <gasps> oh, no. She obviously never makes it to the party with her yeah. friends. Her friends kind of didn't really think a whole lot of it at the time. I kind of gather maybe she was kind of like a free-spirited yeah. person, even or, though she had I made mean, this commitment. Unless it's like a sit-down dinner and you've invited a bunch of people over, it's a day where they could have other plans. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Or things come up. Right. It's the holidays. Whatever. But allegedly the next morning, she was supposed to be getting on a flight to Las Vegas. And when word got out that she hadn't made it on that flight... Mm. Her friends and or family immediately filed a missing persons okay. report. So the next day, December 26th, at about 11.58 p.m., so right on the cusp of that day and the day after, local police get a call to a local CVS pharmacy. Oh, okay. And one source says that the call was made about... Uh, a robbery in progress and another call said or and another source said that the call came in because someone had identified Trisha's car in the parking lot. So very different things. <laughs> two very different yeah. things. And two things can be true at the same time. That's true. So yeah. maybe that's where the confusion the is. confusion yeah. comes from. 
So police are dispatched and they arrive and they find Johnson there and he is in possession of the keys to the car, which fits the description. Oh, he's there. Of Trisha's. He's there. Oh, I wonder if he was robbing and had her car there. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. That that seems to be where the story kind of lies, yeah. is that he was the one committing the theft. Thiefery. Thiefery yes. at the time. <laughs> okay. So they detain Johnson, they get his car keys, and they go to investigate the car where they inevitably find Trisha's body. Damn, right away, Bet. Right away. He had strangled her and then wedged her between the front seats and the back seat bench. So she was down oh, like on the floorboards where okay. she was concealed from view. Right. From know. anyone just walking by and Exactly. Okay. Unless you like directly peered into the like look into down the back in seat. There. Okay. Yeah. So they get the car open and how they find Trisha's body, she was tied up. Her feet had been bound by the seatbelt. What? Yeah. I don't know if he cut the seatbelt out or if he oh. pulled the seatbelt tight enough to wrap it around wrap her. Wrap it around her. Those like fine details weren't super, super clear. And then it was obvious that she had been badly beaten. Yeah. Uh, beaten. Beaten. <laughs> and strangled and evidence that some form of a sexual assault oh, had no. occurred. So such a jaunting. Yeah scene <laughs> to stu- to stumble upon yeah. you know this lady is especially if you if you pull up to the scene if you were the cop and you're thinking oh you're just stopping a thief and like oh we have a missing person like oh right imagine opening that door and being like what the f- like oh did i just we walk just into started peeling back all the layers yeah. of this so this is where things start to get kind of weird on weirder johnson's behalf on how he th- say how he says that the situation unfolded that night so the police are questioning him and jumps johnson claims that trisha had offered him a ride the night before when they crossed paths in front of okay. her place and then offered to have sex with him and they oh. and they quote unquote to his account had sex on a curb somewhere romantic I'm like, I highly doubt that on Christmas Day. She's all dressed up and ready to go to a party. In Washington, D.C. And holding a pie. And holding a pie in Brussels sprouts. Yeah. No. So he's just trying to explain the sexual assault. Pretty much. Yeah. And then according to him, after their quote-unquote consensual sex, she became so distraught and killed herself by hanging herself in the car. The fuck? And he could not explain away with what she had hung herself with. But he could tell them that she had become so distraught that she instantly, after having sex, wanted to kill herself. Which is not really a compliment to you. If you... (laughs) No. If you just had sex with a woman, she's like, I must die. Now. I, I can't continue going on living my life. What a shitty story to come up with. Such a shitty story. And and it gets even weirder. He also told police that she gave him permission to use her car and her money 
and her credit cards and even asked the police, if someone is suicidal and gives you all their stuff, is that illegal? He's off his rocker, he, right? And and he Obviously. literally is. Yeah. And will totally okay. unpack aspects of that. <laughs> yeah. Furthermore, he admitted to police that that night he had also picked up a prostitute and drove around with Trisha's body <gasps> in the back seat with this prostitute with him that he had picked up. And she didn't notice? I don't know how she couldn't have. Well, it was if nighttime, maybe. It was nighttime. Maybe he... He must have covered her up with something because I don't know how yeah. you couldn't have noticed. I mean, anyone would be kind of like checking out their surroundings sure. in, in a car. Sure. Especially if you're in sex work. Yeah. I would think that... Hopefully. Someone of that profession would be somewhat aware like of their surroundings. Right. Yeah. But if she's in the floorboard and, like, maybe face down, mm-hmm. maybe a black dress or a coat on her. Cover it up with something. And it's nighttime. I could see how that could be missed. Totally. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Just so, so bizarre. And when the police asked why he did this, he said that he thought that she was just sleeping and that she would eventually wake up. Whoa. So this man is very obviously not sound of mind. No. Yeah. You could explain it away as, oh, he's just trying to come up with something to save his ass. But I think it's pretty obvious that. He's coming up with like 50 we've got, things. Yeah, we've got some stuff yeah. going on. So the police did find that Johnson had injuries on his hands and on his jaw. He was about 5'11 and 225 pounds. Okay. So a decent-sized gentleman. Yeah. And Trisha was pretty petite. She was around 5'3 and about 120 pounds. That is petite. But sounds like she would have been strong if he has injuries to his jaw then. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure she clawed and all of that, which... She evidently did because forensics would later find Johnson's DNA not only under her fingernails, but also on the scarf of hers that he had used to strangle her with. Damn. They've deemed that the weapon. Sure. Of, not of choice, but the weapon that was used to Mm -hmm. execute that. So, obviously, Johnson is arrested at the scene for murder. Yeah. It's pretty pretty obvious yeah so to kind of dive into adrian duane johnson's past this man has a a long history and i really wish that i would have been able to find like more specific details but he has a long criminal history multiple arrests for theft and one arrest for assault with intent which i i i don't know what the intent part Intent to harm, maybe? Intent to harm. I don't know that that necessarily means intent to assault with intent to murder or mm. whatever, but a, an assault that was intentional. Yeah. I guess we can just roughly oh, sum I it see. up. I see. Like okay. that. Yeah. Like to, I don't know, pistol whip somebody? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. But... Very obviously, like we just kind of talked about, he struggled with mental health from a very young age. And again, the specifics about those exact mental health struggles are unclear. 
but he did spend a good portion of his life in and out of hospital care for mental health. Oh, okay. And really seeking and needing right. <laughs> that sort of professional help attention yeah. to address that. So shortly before the assault on Trisha, he had recently become homeless after a lap in his insurance and he was kicked out or discharged from the hospital that oh, he was currently in okay. receiving treatment. And, you know, after that, he allegedly began abusing drugs and alcohol, which we see these yeah. three things go hand in hand right. all too often. And in the days before her murder, he had also been court ordered to wear a GPS monitor after he had been released from the hospital. Oh, okay. And a judge wanted him to also come back and undergo a mental health evaluation, probably mm. just to get a gauge on where he's at. Le you know, maybe legally, where do we right. need to go from here? But he, so we think, uh, never showed up right, for, right, right. to receive this monitor or to get this evaluation. Oh, he never had the GPS monitor. He wasn't wearing one when the cops arrested him. Okay. So their assumption is, and it's somewhat unknown, but I think we can safely assume that he, he never, never showed one. up. Yeah. To get that monitor. So I think, I think in those respects, and I kind of want to talk about this a little bit more in depth, but I think in that respect, you know, the system was trying to do something, right? you know, like we obviously know that this man has a history yeah. and, you know, we can foresee where some issues might arise. Mm -hmm. We kind of need to keep him monitored, but unfortunately for Trisha, that didn't, um, actually happen yeah right like they were trying to do the right thing and put him on this stuff but the timing was absolutely terrible and, terrible. and but no one could have known yeah exactly yeah how 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 would you you know so that all went down december of 2016 so we fast forward to september of 2017 for you know all the charges and his sentencing so Johnson's attorneys obviously fought for an insanity plea. Yeah. Given his 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 long history of you know. Well, not only that, issues. but the explanations that he gave as soon as they found him out. Right. <clears throat> Trying to explain things away like yeah. they were kind of no big deal, or they happened very like. <laughs> like in his brain, it were things that. It very matter of factly just happened like that and he's saying I wasn't involved right which I don't know kind of shows maybe he's not on his rocker but also that he's trying to cover something that he did wrong up exactly weird and I think that's kind of where they get him and end up coming to his sentencing mm. is the the attempt to try to explain things away, mm -hmm. knowing or seeming to know that what he, what happened wasn't right. Right. And having awareness of that. Some kind of remorseful mm -hmm. way of lying. Exactly. Yeah, that's weird. So one of his attorneys tried to speak to his mental health and how when... You know, Johnson was under proper care and medicated. He was a completely different person. Mm, yeah. But being put out on the streets caused a significant decline in his mental state. I'm sure on top of allegedly going 
to abusing drugs and alcohol. Right. Obviously, it didn't help the situation as well, but they were really trying to show that, hey, when he's under the proper care and medicated properly, he's a functioning member of society, but you take all of that away, and this is what this, this is, is what, what you get. Happen, yeah. Exactly. But Johnson decided that he wanted to plead guilty. Oh, wow. To the whole thing, which, again, I think shows him having some sort of understanding of what he did and that it was wrong. So he was charged with first-degree murder. That portion kind of comes as a surprise to me because, you know, first-degree murder is premeditated. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I think... I don't know. I think that they were kind of playing hardball a little bit because this, his guilty plea did come as part of a plea bargain so that he would avoid life in prison. Or death. Or Or death. Yeah. Yeah. So he did end up receiving a 30-year sentence as part of that plea deal. That's it? Yeah. And the assistant U.S. attorney, David, I believe Missler is how you pronounce his last name, did request to the judge that Johnson also be placed on a lifetime of supervised release at yep. the end of his serve sentence. Good call. Yeah, I I think that that was a more than fair yeah. request. You know, hey, if we're not going to give this guy life, if he gets out of prison, he needs to be monitored, monitored, supervised to a certain extent. I Absolutely. Mean, if we know that there's medication that's going to keep him even keeled, you mm-hmm. know, and like you said, a functioning member of society, then yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. I, a more than fair request from that. And the judge did follow through with some supervision parameters that were put in place with his sentencing, his ultimate sentencing. 30 years, 30 years, still, still a really long time for someone that's 30. You know, yes. he'll get out around 60, but I don't know. As a family, if I were a family member, I don't know. I hope to never be in that position, but it just always makes me feel that, like, I don't know. It's nothing is ever going to be fair or seem fair. No. I don't think, you know, the number behind it is going to ever seem fair. Mm-mm. So it's just, it's hard. I couldn't imagine being in that family's position. No. Well, when your loved one is taken and they were also taken in such a gruesome manner also. And then, I mean, I don't know. I guess I could see them totally feeling like, you know, not only did he do all of this, but then he had the audacity to just drive around with her in the back of the car. Right. I mean, I guess... You could look at it this way. Well, it's better than a missing body and us having to go on the search for that. You know, at least we have the body so we know what crime was committed. And that just gives us all this evidence. But still enclosure, but still tough. Yeah. Super tough. And, you know, in the aftermath of all of this, her friends and family one of her friends was, you know, making comments about like, you know, I used to feel really safe in this city. And now after Mm. all of this happened, I don't feel safe anymore. I don't feel safe walking outside with my earbuds in and all of that stuff, which, you know, we, we kind of see that play out in Portland a lot nowadays. The, the last 
10 years. I, I love, I love Portland and so much of what this city has to offer, but I mean, the, the increase in crime that has happened in, in this city, I can't say that I feel a hundred percent safe walking no. outside. And I most certainly do not walk around with headphones on. With headphones on. Yeah, there's, and here in Portland, guys, you know, we have a lot of outdoor activities and walkways, and mm-hmm. we have this really long walkway that's for pedestrians and cyclists that goes from Gresham, I think, or from Sandy. Yeah. Um, that whole corridor all the way out to Selwood. Yeah. Um, it spans like four cities, and it's, um, it's just a paved walkway mm-hmm. roadway that anyone it's a spring water trail if you want to look it up and it used to be a safe place for pedestrians for cyclists you get scenery you get paved roads so you're cycling safely and that is no longer the case for that it has turned into a place that is seldom used by pedestrians yeah. and cyclists and runners and whatnot because there's been so much crime in those corridors mm-hmm. because it lends itself to dark areas, to yeah. being isolated areas. And there's been so many cases of women attacked in the, and men too. Right. Attacked because someone is trying to steal their bike mm-hmm. or someone is trying to steal, you know, whatever headphones they have on. Um, so in general, <laughs> it's hard to say you know, don't run with your headphones on because who wants to run without music? Yeah. <laughs> You're an animal if you don't. I'm just yeah. kidding. Um, but yeah, it's hard. And to have that happen in your own hometown, to not feel safe, is just a very nasty feeling because you're like this is home for me and I want to go out walking for sure or what if you need to walk Mm -hmm. from school or from work to home every night exactly and you know there's there's something that's not right when someone does something like this it's like out of the blue and it could have been anyone and it could be anyone yeah yeah and totally unwarranted. And, you know, I know we're not the only city that's like this, but, you know, what we see kind of play out a lot in, in our home here is not only obvious substance abuse, yeah. but un, untreated mental health. Yeah. Which, you know, I think just leads to the question that I don't know how to answer is, how how do we help those people and how do we help solve that that problem? I it's don't, an epidemic. It, it really is. It really, really is an epidemic. Yeah. And, you know, you walk, talking about the spring water uh, corridor, mm-hmm. the tr- yeah, the trail. Tyson and I were driving out here one day and you cross over a portion of it. Mm-hmm. And there was this really young girl walking by herself yeah. heading down. And I just look at Tyson and I was like, never in a hundred years. No. <laughs> Never no. in a hundred years. If that was my daughter, no, that would not yeah. be part of her commute. And I wouldn't even put myself yeah. in her position. And it's, uh, you know, it's sad because unfortunately women like Trisha, that ends up being her, their fate. Yeah. <laughs> Finding themselves in an area where you think is really safe and... And she wasn't even, like, out for a jog or anything. She was no. quite literally going down to her car to 
go somewhere. Going from point A to point B. Yeah. To go to a party That's and terrifying. just happens. So like there's that. no confirmation that he had like stalked her or like knew her. Did they know each other? Nope. Okay. No one no one in her life recognized him from anywhere and he of course says that he'd never met or seen her before. She just <laughs> randomly offered to have sex with him. Yep. Okay. On a curb somewhere. Sir. Yeah. Yeah. Unlikely. Very, God, very unlikely. <laughs> That's terrible. It is sad. I know that was a pretty quick case, but um, I guess I got kind of fangirled by it because she was Jenna's dance double That's in right. Step Up. Yeah. So that really stood out to me. But I think a really relevant case for a lot of areas and how... We've seen this transition over the years of homelessness and yep. mental health issues and substance abuse and, and how that, that really does truly play out in our day-to-day society. It hits society. home here for us. That's what I'm like, oh, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, oh, there's mm-hmm. it's such a big issue here. I mean, Portland, unfortunately, if you guys don't know this, it's it's been known to be a tourist attraction of sorts for anyone who wants okay this is hard but wants to be homeless oh for sure um or just finds himself in that position Mm -hmm. i'm sorry i'll say that instead like you know finds himself in that position and they will come here on purpose knowing that there is resources for those in that position. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, what they don't recognize is that those resources are stretched out so, so, so thin. Yes. That you either get a little bit of help, but it doesn't help you much. Mm-hmm. Or there's just not, you know, the resources to help everyone. Right. And I'm going off on a tangent here, but I mean, there's, you know, places that... Um, are moving in the right direction and they're all trying to find the solution, right? But I think as they try to find solutions or funding for more resources, the population keeps growing. Oh, 100%. So it's just they, they keep, they cannot catch a break. No. When it comes to having enough people, enough money, enough locations enough donations to help this population and like you said it's a drug abuse problem as well Mm -hmm. and portland is known for some hard shit out there um yeah it's just scary that you know he was on the verge of getting some kind of help right and for whatever reason the scheduling didn't have him coming back in until a couple of days later to get his GPS tracker and getting right. some kind of, you know, medical assistance. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that should be part of the out um, the outtake, like the, the... A takeaway from it? To... Or no, from the... From him getting the discharge. Oh, yes. Part yeah. of the discharge. Yeah. It shouldn't be something that is like, hey, go into society knowing that you're not going to fit in just yet. Right. We're going to gamble a couple days. Uh-huh. And put the ball in your court to come back in. Right. 
to get the help. Right. That a lot of people are resistant to because of their issues. Right. It's just a bad cycle. And and who knows that that two day difference of him being unmedicated could have been a make or break. Obviously a break time frame of maybe he didn't remember that he needed to go back and get that or whatever. And I I mean, it's so true to what Fatina is saying. And I just always think of this situation as far as like the population of, you know, homelessness and the resources and everything that we have in Portland. When we were in college, we would have to do certain a certain number of hours of Mm -hmm. community service every term or semester or whatever it was. And one of the options was to go down to one of the local um, shelters and hand out hot chocolate Mm -hmm. during the cold season, which was actually really like kind of fun to do because you would end up talking to a lot of people. And I remember talking to a gentleman this one time and he was from the East Coast. He had saved money because he wanted to hitchhike essentially the West Coast because our our winters weather. are our our yeah, yep. our weather. Our winters are not as harsh as they are on the East Coast. And we've I mean, the West Coast is just fucking beautiful. The um, best coast. I'm the sure. best coast. <laughs> and I was I was chatting with him and He's like, yeah, I came out in like August or September or whatever it was. And at this point we're in November, December. And he's like, I just haven't left because it's been so easy for me to be able to find resources to take care of myself. So, you know, I started up in Seattle or whatever it was, and this is as far as I made it. And it it, kind of, from what I could tell not like took away his desire of his goal to make it down the whole west mm-hmm. coast but he's like hey it's it's cold months right now and if i don't have to you know get out there and try to right. hitchhike i'm not going to you know this happened to me twice because i am <laughs> when it comes to cops <laughs> <laughs> i've done this a couple times and i don't and i don't usually talk about it but um there's been especially when we were in the office at work we would have these huge meals where it was either a potluck or food was brought in. And every time there were so many meals or trays of food that would go unused. So I would grab them up and put them in, in plates and whatnot and go downtown like under Burnside. Mm-hmm. And twice I had cops come out and tell me to stop. Yeah. And I understand to a certain extent, because they tried to explain it to me, because I wasn't an asshole about it, and they weren't assholes about it. Sure. They're like, you know, these people have mental health issues sometimes, and not all of them, but sometimes. Sure. Or they could be on a bender, mm-hmm. and your safety could be at risk. Sure. And he's like, and, you know... If you don't have the right type of people with you or you're not protected correctly and we don't want you to get to that point, you know, you're not going to get help fast enough. Were you going down there by yourself most of the time? No. And you know what? The second time I brought Jake with me, my brother. Oh, yeah. Who's a Thor looking guy. Yeah, he's he's (laughs) pretty big. (laughs) He's pretty big. Um, And Kara. And, you know, we and, and it happens where. Some are more aggressive than others, but that's just with people, Yeah, you know, but it can get scary. And I think there's a lot of people here in Portland that want to help, 
but then are also driven away when that help is not received well either. Sure. We're on super tangent. Yeah, here. we are. Sorry. Sorry. Just mental health is just something that's constantly talked about here in Portland. Yeah. And it's scary to, to think that, you know, what happened to Trisha could very well happen. And it has happened here so, in Portland. Yeah. So it's it's just something that it's just always in the back of my mind. I'm like, I want to go help, but now I'm kind of scared too. Right. You know, and just, and so I try and help in other ways, but then those resources get depleted and they get stretched out thin and then people just don't get the help they need. So yeah, it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess long story short, always keep your chin up and your eyes open and, and being aware of your surroundings. Um, Get and, a partner if you're yeah. going to go running, if you're going to go jogging. If I, And it sounds weird to, like, I don't want to make you paranoid. Right. But if you're going to be walking anywhere where you think it's not safe, maybe keep a friend on the phone. Totally. You know? Yeah. It's It sounds weird. But it's unfortunately the reality that we're kind right. of having to adapt to nowadays. Both male, female, like yes, we want regardless. you to be safe. But if you're out running, and if, especially if you're, you know, jogging, running, biking, whatever, you can space out into mm-hmm. what you're doing and not be hyper aware of your surroundings. Right. Um, so I would say get a buddy. Yeah. Buddy system's always a good call. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So. That's the case of... A stranger ranger. Yeah, a stranger ranger. (laughs) Here to save the day. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Just have a buddy run with you. Exactly. Yeah, that's... uh, I think that's a a safe... Again, not to be like, be paranoid or anything, but, I mean, you might also enjoy just running with a friend. And a lot of people like to run by themselves, but maybe just keep one earbud off. Yes. And pepper spray. And pepper spray. (laughs) Pepper spray might be something that you could also carry. Good investment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's the case of Trish McCauley. Thanks for listening. I know it was kind of a short one, and then it... Then we started talking and it became yeah. a longer one, Sorry. so that's fine too. No, it, it's I, I love to shoot the shit and kind of dive yeah. deeper into some of these issues that surround a lot of the cases right. that we end up covering because I think it's important to understand it all. I mean, yeah, and to be aware and to try to be ahead of it. Exactly. Um, and if you can help it, you know, why not? A hundred percent. So, yeah. So I hope everyone has a good new year and be safe ringing in 2023. Uh, Maybe by this date, we'll have had announced our holiday giveaway winner. Maybe. Coming up sometime soon. Sometime this week. Sometime this week. (laughs) So if you hadn't already, um, well, you would have already voted. Or or, uh, entered. Entered. Yeah. (laughs) Voted for the best listener. I vote me to win. (laughs) Yeah. So hopefully uh, that went smoothly. And (laughs) we're talking to future us right now. We (laughs) are. So it's kind of hard without looking at a calendar. So happy new year. Yeah. We'll see you in the new year. And uh, don't be a stranger. Be a ranger. Be a ranger. Okay. (laughs) Bye. Bye, guys.